as we need to. Yeah, it's. I've I've learned over time that trying to get the levels right out the gate is just not a realistic Feasible. goal because we're dynamic human beings. Yeah, with you know, you can't contain me. You cannot be contained. That is a fact. Yeah. You can't predict the required amount of headroom on me. <laughs> really can't. No, especially on David. David is David has a very large vocal range. I am the max headroom of this podcast. <laughs> All right. I am going to need two to go up quite a bit, it looks like. Hell yeah. All right. All right. And uh, and he'll just clip because that's just what he does. <laughs> that's what I do. That's just what he does, folks. That's what I do. Oh, you've man. Got, you've got a hard edge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's what my mama told me. Why are you still so quiet? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Never mind. It's fine. It's uh, fine. It's right. fine. Okay. We'll do it's, it live. We'll do it live. <clears throat> uh, uh, Brittany and I went camping. We did. We went camping. It was very fun. Yeah. It was beautiful. Very useful. The weather was fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys Sh- feel um, in, in harmony with nature now? Absolutely. Yeah. Shout, shout out Vermont State Parks. Yeah. Thank you, Vermont State Parks. We made French toast over a campfire. Oh, shit. Fucking ruled. Oh, so good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, that's great. Shout was out that- Hoffer's Italian bread. Yes, it was Hoffer's Italian. We ate an entire loaf of Hoffer's Italian bread over the course of two days camping. Hell yeah. That's uh, the, the fuel for champions of yeah, the, absolutely. Uh, the wilderness. Yeah. Well, I didn't go camping, but I've been uh, plugging away at my house, uh, continuing. It's the the summer of uh, basement reno. Yeah. Um, and making progress. Hot know. basement summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's damp basement summer, unfortunately. <laughs> Wet been, ass uh, basement. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, w- I went there. <laughs> I got that wab. Wow. I went there. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, eventually um, it'll be fixed. Right now I'm trying to um, secure a contractor and get them scheduled to do the basement pour. Uh, but that's probably going to have to be out till uh, October. Because it turns out that um, this whole COVID thing has been a real boon to uh, home contractors and oh, yeah. uh, builders. Because um, all these people that still have their salaries coming in and are now working from their home are like, oh. My this home place sucks. be a little nicer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, the contractors are busier than ever. Um, but this is also the worst time of year to try to get a contractor because it's the end of the season. So oh, everybody's yeah. cramming everything in. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm there with them. But it's a great time to get on a contractor schedule for next spring. So if, if for all of you homeowners out there thinking of redoing your roof, I encourage you to contact a contractor now. Hell yeah. Get on their schedule. And if anybody has a uh, flat roof, I have a tip for you. But they're not paying me to say it, so DM me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've resisted uh, the, uh, the 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 siren call of um, ads this entire time. We have. Well, I don't, we don't have a big enough listenership to really uh, <laughs> benefit from ads. Well, actually, we've, we've been reached out to by a couple of people, like through uh, probably like uh large scale online marketing things. Oh yeah. Like through our Yeah, we've gotten robo emails. Yeah. But we don't have yeah. we don't have enough downloads per episode to make any money on Rad Yeah, Sadly. So, so yeah, yeah, I don't think that's that we're ever gonna do that. By the way, if you guys checked out Casper mattresses <laughs> <laughs> Rate and review. just the right amount of sync and bound. <laughs> oh, Sleep man. in foam. Nope. We are funded entirely by uh you, the listener, at patreon.com slash ironweeds. And stamps.com. In this time where the United States Postal Service is under attack, uh, stand up, fight back by going to stamps.com. Oh, God.
Just buy a shit ton of stamps at stamps.com. Yeah, the new line of uh, stamps um, are the forever with a question mark at the end stamps. <laughs> are you, wait, are you serious? No. God, that would be that'd be brilliant, though. <laughs> yeah, that probably would work. Yeah. I, I, I did see a bit of um, super cool uh, resistance to uh, real resistance, not hashtag resistance of the uh, uh, postal workers um, refusing orders to get. Uh, take out the sorting machines. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard about this. Yeah, yeah. there's like one in Dallas, I think, and then one in, uh, and then a, a couple in Washington State. Uh, just uh, either not removing them or or turning them back on. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Keep doing that. Yeah. So and um, apparently the Dems did just pass some bill in the House. I haven't even looked at what it is, but I mean, well, ultimately it doesn't matter because the Senate's not going to do anything with it. But you know. Yeah, so in the last week, there's been a lot of like little uh, tidbits that have been coming over my timeline about this. One was that the postmaster general appointed by Trump to essentially sabotage the USPS so that it was deemed unfit for the presidential election, which he confirmed uh, in a uh, news interview where he was like, yeah, they can't do mail-in voting if the USPS is all fucked up. So I said to my guy, fuck up the USPS. And uh, that way they can't do uh, mail-in voting. And, they, and you know, um, we'll win. Um, and so then the, the postmaster general was like, oh, actually, no, we're undoing some of the fucked up shit that I recently did. Um, and they were asking like, well, what about all those like videos and, and stuff of, uh, people carrying away like hundreds of mailboxes? And he's like, those were unnecessary. They're not going back in those, those mailboxes were completely unnecessary. Yeah. You know, cool. So it, it it is becoming increasingly clear that if it was ever not clear at all that that uh, Trump likes to call into Fox News all the time, right? Oh, yeah. because, because that that was the thing that um that was one of those times where like he's not on a, any sort of like satellite uplink or anything. He just calls Sean Hannity or the the Fox friends or whatever and just like bitches at them for thirty minutes. Right? So yeah, this is um so there's a new book coming out called Hoax. That's by a journalist with CNN. Um, I'm trying to get. Yes. No, I don't want you to send me notifications. Business Insider. What is. Is there ever a single motherfucker <laughs> who goes to a website and they're like, we want to send you notifications. Like, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, please send me notifications <laughs> website. No. Um, so Brian Stelter, uh, CNN's chief media correspondent, has written this new book called that comes out Tuesday and I'm definitely going to read it and maybe report back to the pod about it because I'm fascinated by this topic. It's called hoax, Donald Trump, Fox news and the dangerous distortion of truth. And, um, it's basically about how like Donald Trump just does whatever Fox news tells him to do. And like that you, that like a lot of the things that seem sort of bizarre or like unexplainable, there are things that he does that you can only understand if you are conscious of this Fox News Donald Trump connection. That he just like sees things happen on Fox and then that he makes that reality. Mm. And it's very disturbing. But it, this this little kind of sneak preview of the book talks about how uh, Hannity, Sean Hannity is basically the shadow chief of staff for Donald Trump. And it's very funny. So he says in the book, Brian Stelter says, early on in the Trump age, Hannity gained weight and vaped incessantly, which some members of his inner circle blamed on Trump-related stress. See, the, the, the celebrities, they're just <laughs> like us, you know? <laughs> which is very, 
<laughs> I have also been stress vaping in the in the era of Trump, so highly relatable. Yeah, can you imagine if you're just getting a call and he's like, "I don't know this China virus. I don't I know what to do about it." Uh, and you're just like, "Holy fucking shit, we're boned!" And you're just like sitting there tugging on your like fourth mango jewel pod for the day. Oh God! But apparently, like so, so Stelter has all of these connections at Fox News because he's he's a media correspondent. He yeah. like is a reporter on the media, so he has all of these connections with staffers at Fox News who are just like fucking terrified that they are like pulling the strings of this presidency. So um, it's not the other way around. It's not that like Fox News is the de facto outlet of like whatever the Trump administration wants to, you know, sort of like reality cast into. No, like, it seems. Well, I think it's probably a bit of a feedback loop, hmm. but it does seem like according to the book. And again, I will read it and report back. But it seems like Fox News creates the reality that Trump perceives and then Trump makes that reality. Interesting. I mean, um, you definitely see a lot of that with like the Stephen Miller to Trump to everybody who listens to Trump's reality, um, like uh, pipeline. Mm-hmm. Pipeline. Like there's there's a lot of uh, of evidence to suggest that. But why, well, for one, I'm really excited to hear back. So please do do the next best thing to pirating the book and giving it to everyone, and just tell us what. What's yeah, I'll in give it. you a little book report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just take in all of the um, the the brain cancer for all of us all. Yeah, and, and just another clip from this article. Hannity counseled Trump at all hours of the day. One of his confidants said the president treated Hannity like Melania, a wife in a sexless marriage. <laughs> Arguably, he treated Hannity better than Melania. Ugh. Oh, God. Brittany and I were talking about this story this morning, and I said it was, you know, it's just like you took, you had this gigantic media machine, and you just take the, like, the output hose, and you're just, like, plugging it into the input uh, side into the port and then it just becomes this like horrifying Ouroboros of like shit right yeah. or it's just like constantly churning out its own media products that it can then cover right so like it says something then Trump does it and then it covers the thing that they just one made Trump do one continuous digestive system yeah yeah it's one continuous digestive <laughs> system of, of of fascist shit and, and, and then on top of that right is then this CNN reporter that then has like just a little bit better insight into the shit Ouroboros and can then sell a book based on it, which is also like having this feedback loop into the shit Ouroboros. So it's like it, it you can't de- get disconnected from it at all. Yeah. And it's just all kind of feeding into each other in this like. And then it's we horrifying. create a podcast about it. Yeah. And we, so wait, wait, wait. we shit it right into your mouths, dear <laughs> so, listener. So you're saying that essentially your metaphor is a human centipede by which Brittany is going to latch on and be the caboose on. And then we're going to be the caboose on that caboose. And then you're the caboose on <laughs> you, the listener, are the, are the caboose on. Yeah. But, but the, you're going to be sucking the shit out of David and Chris's asshole. <laughs> this is horrible. This should. But the important thing is that, right, is that it is a circle. Like, at some point, Donald Trump's mouth is sewn onto someone else's asshole. God's it's asshole. It's Sean, Sean Hannity's asshole. Yeah, and it's Sean Hannity's <laughs> asshole. And, and, it, and it, it, yeah, and, like, and we just keep circulating the same shit over and over and over again. It's really uh disturbing and you and and joe biden's gonna have another asshole sewn onto his mouth it sucks yeah fucking sucks well won't somebody please (sighs) think of the children 
you know by the, the, the children. Uh, I'm, Beautiful segue. <laughs> yeah. I'm obviously referring to, you know, the Save the, Our Children, Save the Children campaign being waged by the, um, the fans of the uh, augmented reality game QAnon that have been uh, popping up in protests uh, all over the nation. Yeah. Have you guys been following this? Absolutely. Uh, I support them. I also like to save children. I think we should be saving children as much as possible. Um, teachers go on strike. Do not reopen schools. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we really, we've got to, right? That's what they were about. The protests, See, right? That's what I thought they were all about when I kept seeing all these like save the children. I'm like, fuck yeah. Finally, yeah, somebody's yeah. standing up for, you know, some common sense and saying, uh, upgrade the HVAC systems in the school. Yeah. Let's get some yeah. UV air purifiers. So, yeah. You know, n- <laughs> but then I saw the hashtag pedo wood and I was like, well, I don't know what that. Oh, 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 it's QAnon. Oh, shit. It's QAnon. It's not about. But there have been lots of people out in the streets talking with, you know, um, cheese pizza signs. Yeah. And it it doesn't seem to be entirely without some irony in it. But there's uh, a lot of people who are like true believers that are like engaging in this and, you know, um in a very uh, sincere way. Um, and for listeners who aren't overly online, um, don't really know about QAnon. Um, QAnon is a really bizarre internet, um, like, wh- what would you even call it? Phenomena? Like, um, it's, I mean, <sighs> is it a meme? Is it like a. It's a way of life, really. <laughs> it's absolutely like horrifying uh, distributed consciousness where, like, everyone. <laughs> can both take on the mantle of QAnon and then also listen to someone calling themselves QAnon. I mean, it's, it's, it's practically, I don't I, it, it, it probably wouldn't be correct to say that it's like anonymous. Maybe we should do a whole but, episode on QAnon. Yeah. Put on the bonus feed. Yeah, maybe we will. I don't know why we haven't. We yeah. definitely should. All right, sounds um, good. And, and, especially, right. and it should open with us, Brittany and I, recently rewatching V for Vendetta. We did. <laughs> we, we rewatched V for Vendetta yeah. and realized that, like, this is the, that, that is the Rosetta Stone of every, like... Nice guy. Fedora, yeah, fedora-wearing nice guy is just trying to be V. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's so insufferable. Like, Such a gentleman. I hadn't watched it since I was, you know, probably in high school. Um, and so, like, I, the only other time I'd seen it prior to our recent rewatch of it, I, the, this whole universe of, like... The nice guy and like you know 4chan and like all of the kind of anon culture like it, it just it it blew my fucking mind watching that movie and just being like oh my god this is why they're all like that this is why <laughs> none of them can have sex is because they watched v for vendetta how many people have had to die needlessly because of that movie because these fucking crazy look, look all right i'm not I, I don't need to go on my whole rant about uh well, cells and shit but like how many have died needlessly because somebody made the movie v for vendetta well i think the movie fucking rips to be honest um so maybe maybe i'm in uh seldom company there or uh yeah but- i mean you know fellas if you're trying to get her attention just fucking kidnap her and lock her in a prison and torture her for a few months but- that's that's the way to her heart <laughs> And then, and then she and friend then she'll zones you. you. Yeah, and then she'll fall for you. Well, first, first she'll friend zone you, and and leave your creepy underground lair. But eventually, you'll win her back with domestic terrorism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All we're saying is, Natalie Portman, you have blood on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
my high school boyfriend told me that he thought uh, Natalie Portman was hotter than me, and it was the first time I'd ever had to deal with something like that in my life, and it really fucked me up. So I oh. still, I still really don't like Natalie Portman. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because she is, in fact, more attractive than me, and I have a problem with that. No, there's no one. Yeah. No, no I think no, no one might be. No, nobody. No. But just her, really. No, not because Natalie Portman, and then me, and then you know, it's objectively false. <laughs> Um, speaking of saving our children. Let's actually do it. Let's, uh, no, let's kick them out of their houses instead. We, we kind of slept on this when it happened, but, um, it's college suites. So wait, maybe I should do a better job setting this up. Well, I, I mean, all that it is is that Hudson Valley Community College, a, yes. a beautiful college, beautiful, perfect. It's a, it's a, it's a very nice community it college. It is a very nice community yeah, college. Uh, um, in South Troy, did one of those dumb as shit um like private partnership deals where they get they gave a developer a bunch of their land on their campus and money and money to build a um like dorms a, basically. yeah yeah like, but it's like they're like apartments they're, they're, yeah. apartments. they're off campus apartments yeah. student housing yeah yeah and so it's the uh developer pretty much gets to say who lives there right like the the university has like you know some administrative capacity but it's mostly the developer. And so the developer found that they could make more money keeping RPI kids in, in the yeah. building. Yeah. So basically, RPI is trying to de-densify their student housing because of the pandemic, obviously. And College Suites at Hudson Valley was already at fairly, at lower than normal levels of occupancy because of the pandemic again. Yeah. And both campuses shut down their campuses entirely. Right. Like there was nobody really allowed to be, there was no in-person classes. There was no labs that were open. Like everything was basically shut down on both campuses. But, you know, students still need a place to live. So there were still lots of, they, they were not at max capacity, but there were still students who were, you know, living at College Suites. And so, RPI approached College Suites and wanted an exclusive housing contract. Take the whole building and just fill it with RPI kids yeah. so that they can de-densify their student housing. Yes, because God forbid there'd be like some type of intermingling between RPI students and HVCC students. Like that needed to be stopped at all costs. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And so, yeah, basically College Suites just terminated the leases of Everybody who was living there. With how many days notice? It was like five? Less than 10 days notice. Uh, I think it was, I'm, I'm assuming that means nine probably usually when they say less than 10. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they don't just say the number. But um, so they basically just said like no lease renewals and everybody who's living here currently, you have less than 10 days. Get the fuck out. Yeah. They had already renewed their lease. Yeah. yeah. Like, so they had and already. They, they've been given like this uh, <laughs> opportunity to get a reduced rate. Like last semester or something. I yeah, think. because yeah. they were like, well, we don't want to, you know, we'd rather have some people living in these buildings than none. So, like, you know, please stay on, like, renew your lease, et cetera. And then as soon as uh, a better fiscal uh, deal was on the table, they were just like, oh, yeah, you know that lease thing? Yeah, that wasn't really worth the paper it was printed on. Yeah. <laughs> Get the well, so fuck out. So they're referring to a force majeure clause, which uh, enables either landlord or tenant to terminate the lease due to a variety of circumstances beyond the party's control, in this case being the pandemic, so says um, United Group, which owns the college suites. And they're they're basically trying to cover their ass by saying, look, we had tenants who backed out of their leases using this exact same clause. So, you know, turnabout's fair play, right? But the difference is that, like, like they're, they don't have to do this. No. They're not, like, there's a difference between somebody having to leave because they can no longer 
because they're not attending school yep. anymore and they have to go home. Yep. Like it's just such it's it's such absolute dog shit. And to use the uh, pandemic as an excuse when the students who were being kicked out with less than 10 days notice had renewed their lease under pandemic conditions. Yeah. Like, right. You know, it's just like, oh, wait, uh, sorry. RPI gave us a bunch of money. And so that's an act of God. And <laughs> you all got to get the fuck out. And so they so they said, you know, well, we gave them other house, housing options. Um, one was in Schenectady, which for folks who aren't <laughs> cool. local, that's like a 45 minute drive away. Yeah. Um, Another, there were two others that were in Troy. Uh, students who have been trying to get into that housing say that they have not even heard back from the the uh, landlord of those other two housing situations. And also, the other thing is, College Suites offered fully furnished housing. So now these students who have just been kicked out with no notice, they don't own any furniture. They don't like have stuff to even if College Suites was to provide them with a brand new move-in ready apartment they don't have anything to fill it with mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and this is not the only place where this is happening and this is when we're starting to really see how important these public-private partnerships are with co- with colleges and universities the entire university of georgia system and wayne state university in michigan both all, all of those are public um did very similar public-private partnership schemes, and they got, the uh, it was uh, Inside Higher Ed, learned about a letter that was sent to these universities from their partners in the private sector uh, that built these dorms, saying like, hey, just remember uh, that contract that we signed says that you do not have unilateral control over when these dorms are open or closed. So if you're talking about closing your uh, campuses, like, you don't get to say that. Oh my uh, god. We We get a say in that, too. And 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 obviously they want to keep them open because they want they rent. Want, they want the yeah, revenue. They want the rent. Yeah. Yeah. So like th- uh, uh, this is all shit that's been coming years down the road. Is this the the privatization of even public schools? But even private schools, you know, like the idea that we turn them into these like spas where you know ki- kids are really it's their parents that are wooed by like oh they have a sushi bar. You know, like shit like that. <laughs> I like your parent voice. You yeah, pull that one out more. <laughs> you know that uh, that that's now we're now we're we're having to live with that, which yeah. is that there are just these companies that don't give a shit about education, let alone public health, and uh, and they get a really big say in how these universities are run. And, and so, there's been a bunch of bullshit with the whole RPI thing, and you know I've been following it by being um, on the uh, the local subreddit for Troy. And apparently RPI, like with less than a month before classes uh, begin, put out a a forced, like, I don't know how they were going to enforce it, if they're going to have people come around and do like code enforcement or otherwise, but they made every single student that had off-campus housing have to get a two-to-one tenant-to-bathroom, like, um ratio yeah ratio and then if you had like three people to a flat which is typically what happens in in troy because we have all these row houses and there's one bathroom per floor and there's typically three bedrooms per mm-hmm. floor and like that's the way that you can afford to have rent you know and that's uh, also just for like a hundred years how houses were built here yeah. like that's just how they were built <laughs> yeah and so they they made this arbitrary designation and then threatened to enforce and basically like kick people out of their houses if they didn't you know uh have this which is crazy and like a huge like violation of uh people's like 
private lives by the college. Like it, it made and no also sense. Wildly arbitrary. Like, Very why arbitrary. The bath- like the bathroom. All, 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 all things that seem like something RPI would do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like how to uh, uh, react to a problem is like export it to the people who have the least amount of resources and use every punitive and surveillance measure possible to uh, to execute. And so, so RPI then at the time that they put out the two to one tenant to bathroom ratio guidelines that they threatened to enforce in some way, they were planning essentially like a hundred percent remote um, classes, like no real on campus stuff uh, in the fall that has changed in um, accordance with a, you know, sort of a tenor that's been changing throughout the entire country, which is all of these um, higher education universities and colleges are now trying to get the students to come back on campus, at least for some portion of their classes. And I think that the consensus on the internet is that this is all done to justify not lowering the tuition. Absolutely. Yeah. So the idea and to, and for all the fees and the housing costs, like it's, it's all the, it's, it's very difficult to say charge an athletics fee. If there's no athletics, if there's no athletics, you <laughs> yeah. know, but if they have at least a teeny tiny like fingernails worth of on campus activity, then it's all justifiable. Yeah, then it's yeah. all justifiable. If, if the fountain is running, then you've got to pay $50,000 a year. Yeah. And especially since like then when inevitably a bunch of 19 year olds who don't live with their parents for the first time, like throw a raging kegger and try to fuck each other. The, the the university administrators will be like, oh, gosh, these irresponsible children, uh, we have to close now. Like, we had it all planned out. It was yeah. all going to be perfect. But we didn't, we didn't take into consideration the possibility that these students would party. Just, so, just like Marx, they failed to uh, anticipate human nature. Yeah, you know true, exactly, yeah. and yeah. that's their classic uh, downfall before it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, it's wild because, like, if you set for these young people the the sense that things are returning to normalcy, they will behave as if things are returning to normalcy. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you is that the damnedest thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 crazy to even to have ever imagined that. Of course, they're going to party because you are now telling them that the world is going back to normal. Yeah, and. They're dumb and young, and like I would have done the same and thing. And full of cum. And full yeah. of cum. Yeah. And they've got to fight <laughs> for their right to parte. To parte. <laughs> and the immortal birds. Um, yeah, so this is also uh, not just happening for uh, young, uh, dumb, and full of cum, um, you know, young adults, but it's happening for um, young, dumb, and uh, prepubescent children as well. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> QAnon, QAnon, QAnon. <laughs> but, but cheese pizza, cheese yeah, pizza. Yeah, you guys want to order. This is actually yeah. making me want pizza. Yeah, um, you want to order, order a, a cheese pizza? That's disgusting. You're you're a fucking degenerate. Yeah, I want a pepperoni pizza. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is gonna happen too. Um, you know, we shut down the entire nation's public schools because we had a thousand cases in the United States, um, and we realized that there was this extremely uh, deadly um, and extremely contagious uh, pandemic ra- ravaging the the globe. Um, and now that we've got what, like, what's the count now? Three million. Hold on, let me let me let me get that number. Yeah, let's get that number. Beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 
All right. So now, according to Johns Hopkins University's um, COVID tracker, the United States has 5,678,249 active cases active, of Jesus COVID in the Christ. United States. And what will be fun is you oh. can go and look at that website as you're listening to this and see how much higher it is. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, On the bright side, <laughs> New York State's most recent uh, positive test case percentage... Point six nine. Nice. Nice. So that is pre schools opening up. We oh yeah, shall it's not going to be nice after schools open up. It's going to yeah. be yeah. So this seems to be like the um, the the end game uh, for the United States um, uh, strategy for uh, not Existing. containing you know uh, COVID. Um, at first, there was the the sort of uh, feigned uh, response. Um, where we basically just shut everything down and said, uh, no, nah, we're not going to pay you. Nah, like, fuck y'all. Like, uh, immediately, how many people are unemployed right now? Like, 50 million people? Some insane fucking yeah. number. It keeps going up every week. Um, and this is the final nail to open up all the public schools. Because there's absolutely no fucking way that the public schools are going to open and not just be a mass um, uh, spreading uh, vector uh, for this uh, virus, which is then going to go home to all of the uh, individual homes where these kids live, where their working parents that now have to go back to their jobs are going to be exposed to their kids who are definitely going to be bringing home COVID. And all of a sudden, we're all just going to have it. And the idea of a COVID response in terms of mitigating spread will just be, you know, a mood issue. It'll be completely um, done with. And we'll just all have it. Yep. That seems to be where we're going. And um, and there will be no, it'll be in a, like, so even, you know, you can do, you individual person can do everything right. You can be working from home. But but if you have to go to a fucking grocery store, you're fucked. Because once spread hits that level, there's no, um, there's no level of responsible behavior that you can engage in to protect yourself. Yeah. And and so all these uh, schools are doing their best, and my heart goes out to everybody who's given you know this fucking job to do to figure oh, out how, yeah. how to do this reopening, are trying to do it in a sort of like best of all worlds, worst of all worlds type of approach. So you know the 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 need to socialize and educate children is still existent, even though we have this pandemic. Uh, the need for the uh, child care of these kids to be there so that the parents can go to their jobs uh, never stopped. And so, you know, there was always just been a uh, sort of a direct um, uh, community, you know, type of a response to the people who had to go to their essential jobs when their kids weren't able to go to their public schools. And like people sort of worked it out, you know, sometimes better than others. So we need to have, you know, some place to watch everyone's kids and feed the kids that don't have, you know, meals coming at home, et cetera, et cetera. Like these are all very pressing needs. Um, but the way that the local schools are going back doesn't really seem to satisfy any one of these needs in particular. Like they're doing like half days or they're doing like every other day. So there's going to be like remote uh, before they go in, like on Monday and Thursday, and then they'll be in on Tuesday and Friday or something like that. So that there's like this sort of ramping to normalcy. And the whole reason that this is happening everywhere is because the budgets and the uh, fiscal reality of keeping these public uh, education institutions like exist um is tied to our federal response and yeah, the president wants absolutely. all yeah. the schools back open and said you know we're just gonna withhold funding if they don't yep. so everybody's you know put between a rock and a hard place and they're gonna do what they can to survive 
And yeah. it, you know, it's, it's, it's dark um, and it's not going to go well. Um, and my only hope is that um, I'm exaggerating to the degree it's going to go horribly wrong. And that somehow, you know, like a mir- miracle happens. And then one day, one day it's, it's just, just begun. It's just begun. You know, so <laughs> I'm waiting on that, uh, that field of dreams miracle. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it's dark shit. Like I don't, I, I, I do hope that we are overestimating how we, I mean, like kind of the collective, like anybody who's paying attention to this and is actually concerned about it. Like, I hope that we're overestimating how bad it's going to get. Um, but you know, another thing that I think I've said this before on the show and it's just totally like, we spend so much of our time talking about the deaths, but what is actually, I think going to be the much bigger fallout from all of this is the long-term physical consequences of having COVID-19 are still poorly understood and they're incredibly wide ranging and um, quite serious in many cases. And, you know, one big problem is you have so many people who are asymptomatic who carry it, but then we're seeing weeks and even months later starting to develop health problems from it, you know, organ damage, you know, neurological damage. And so we're just going to have it, what's what are what is this society going to look like in five years when we just have millions and millions of people with all sorts of chronic health, chronic health problems in a <laughs> when we have the fucking most broken healthcare system yep. in the industrialized world yep. like it's already at capacity it's already poorly treating the people who are sick I mean it's just like this is going to be a absolute catastrophe for years to come and it's the one of the one of the many cruel ironies of this is that you know when they say that private health care is more efficient what they're actually saying is that we have uh like a the walmart equivalent of like just-in-time shipping for um for beds or for hospital beds right so we don't have a excess supply of like hospital beds or really anything because they all run on these like perfect it's efficiency so efficient. models <laughs> yeah. it's so efficient and it's like well shit then like uh all those like and then this is really i think this is really the cruel irony is that when we say like oh well with socialized medicine you have all these wait times and like you'll have to wait forever for to get to see a doctor rationed care yeah, rationed well like one it is fucking rationed yes. and you, and also uh, who are these people that just get in to see the doctor instantly like i have fairly decent health insurance pay you know like fought for by a un- uh, a public sector union and it i never get to see someone within like a month of asking of like making an appointment so it's it's i it's so fucking ridiculous but yeah it's just like the fact that like we, we have an entire healthcare system that's designed to be as lean as possible uh which is good for lots of other kinds of businesses but fucking not for healthcare because sometimes you have a fucking pandemic and yeah. like you need more you just need excess like you it shouldn't be efficient it should be able to it should work like a walmart parking lot right <laughs> which walmart parking lots always designed to uh keep a, uh, to um fit the black friday tr- crowd in their tr- in their parking ah, lot like, is that why that, they're so big that's why they're so big and why they don't they're almost never full is because they they are designed to be full exactly like one or two days of the year and then all the other time you use that empty space, you know, for, you know, to pile up snow or, or you know, campers. 
uh, set up uh, out there. Um, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Which you're not now no longer allowed to do. But what? yeah, yeah. The Walton the Walton family turned their back on the homeless. I know. Oh my! I know. Weird. Shocking! Shocking! Yeah. Yeah, but like, I, I, you know, like that's what we need to do with hospital beds, right? Where like you build we need Black Friday capacity yeah. hospital beds. Yeah, yeah, but Black Plague capacity. Hospital beds. <laughs> oh. Nice, very nice. Oh. That was that was that was quite clever, David. Uh, <laughs> well, we're talking about healthcare, real quick. I I don't know if we covered this. This may have been the week that we released the um uh the the Christian, Christian Zionism, Zionism um episode. Um, but I wanted to give a quick shout out to the uh, ophthalmic consultants down on uh, 6th Ave uh, in Troy, right across from the fire station, because they hooked me up. They scraped out uh, a bunch of rusting uh, iron from my eyeball uh, and only charged me 93 bucks. Ah. And when I compare that to the $800 bill I got from learning to stretch my forearm from a uh, two half-hour sessions at a uh, local, uh, what do they call that? Or, physical that therapy. therapy? Yeah, physical that, therapist. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a bargain. So $97. That's, pretty, that's, uh, yeah, uh, that's shockingly low, yeah. I have to say. For getting rust scraped out of your eyeball, Yeah, I would have I would have guessed that's at least 250 bucks. Yeah, and... Uh, so, so listeners, if rust gets in your eyeball... <laughs> Uh, make a website with squarespace yeah (laughs) but really apparently this is way more common than i thought it was uh because i was like low-key freaking out when i started seeing rust forming in my eye Mm -hmm. Uh, but basically your your eyeball is like the perfect environment to form rust because it's like very very thin salt water so it's like highly oxygenated salt water and uh, along the uh, surface of your cornea. And I got this little tiny bit of metal like in my eyeball and uh, they got that shit out. Nice. And you were wearing your glasses and protective yeah, eyewear, I was, right? I, I wasn't wearing my, my, my reading glasses. I was wearing protective eyewear, but oh, okay. I, I should have been wearing a full face shield, to be completely honest, um, because it had the, the spark or the piece of metal that was coming off this pipe I was cutting had enough velocity to basically bounce off like my, my, my cheekbone, then off the inside of the, uh, the safety glass, and then onto my cornea with enough velocity to get just lodged in my cornea. So I probably should have been wearing... <laughs> <laughs> two sets of glasses but uh yeah well Oof. i'm glad you live and learn okay yeah. yeah it was just off the uh field of view so I, my eye has perfect sight i'm nice. very lucky so um stuff popped off on friday do you guys want to right friday yeah yeah, uh, yeah. do you guys want to give us some dispatches from the field of uh, what happened here and here in our lovely true new york on <laughs> friday uh so uh, uh Brittany and i were camping uh wednesday and thursday and we got home friday afternoon and like my phone just we you know no service in rural vermont love it oh yeah it was it was was no service for two whole days yeah it was really nice but then once it got service it just like exploded with stuff happening downtown and um i think i i think that the the series of events is that there so there's a, a small park called barker park it's on the the location of the of the very old city hall, our first city hall, which was burned down for corruption reasons. <laughs> I, I like that as part of like the deep history of this. Yeah. Is that this all happens on the site of like a city hall that was burned down so that like no one would go to jail. It, and it's oh, also God. adjacent to a church that was the abolitionist church, mm-hmm. yeah, which was right across the street from the slavery church or the pro-slavery church uh in the time of uh pre-civil war uh troy new york yeah mm-hmm. um, and that's the one with the tiffany um windows yeah. like a gorgeous gorgeous building but full of people who love slavery yep 
Well, uh, yeah. So right now there's like this like Catholic church sitting there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and right next to it, it, they own this park called Barker Park. And um, there used to be lots of benches there. It was a place where like, you know, if you, maybe if you were unhoused or you're just looking to get day drunk or something like a lot of people hung out. In it that was always park. a very vibrant yeah. social scene. Yeah, there were always it, lots of people there hanging out, chatting. And it's adjacent to a bunch of like service organizations that directly help the very poor or the ad- addicted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. The, the, like that, the the geography of it all brought a lot of people um, who are suffering substance abuse issues and mental health issues uh, to you know that like congregate there. Yeah. yeah, they could be together, and it's like you know if you don't have a lot of housing like where do you get to be you right you you have no private space so if you're going through something like yeah you're gonna go through it in public and that sucks and it sucks for them too surprise you know so but yeah, um, it's not just inconvenient for yeah, you farmer's market person for, yeah for real but of course um uh mayor madden can't have this and he had all of the benches removed from barker park to keep people from living their fucking life in public and so there's been a community response to that where people are dragging in chairs mm-hmm. and just generally living in public openly and notoriously in this park. Yep. This has actually been going on for a while. Yeah. And uh, my friend Ethan and I had built uh, benches and tables and installed them in that park probably like eight years ago, maybe nine years ago. Yeah, we should say this has been like an ongoing back and yes. forth where yeah. like the, the city tries to take something out and then it gets added back in. And there, yeah, so it's it's been a constant push. And there's like in the, in the center of it is like a lamppost with like two cameras <laughs> yeah. like branching off of it, like these gigantic surveillance cameras <laughs> branching off it. And then like a sign in the middle that says like this park closes at dusk. Yeah. It's a very uh, I, like like surveillance state still life portrait i don't know it's, it's so it's fun. actually ba- a lot of people don't know this it's a banksy sculpture yeah, right. that, yeah. it looks like a 2012 yeah. it fucking looks like a banksy it's a living sculpture. norman rockwell <laughs> <laughs> so one what one person that's been in the camp a lot kenny zioli had uh, a complaint about an officer that uh took out i think the officer took a chair I don't. I don't recall. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it was one of those things that people had brought uh, seating for the public to, you know, enjoy yeah. this space, and the police came and you know, removed it. Like they had yeah. removed the ones that I had built with like hammers. They just bashed it up with sledgehammers. Yeah. and threw it all away. Yeah. So just like the the usual police harassment, right? Uh, an incitement happened, and so Zioli walked over to the police department, which is like a five minute walk from this park and uh went to the the st- the uh, desk sergeant and asked for a complaint form yep. because he wanted to file a complaint about that officer because they not only stole the chair it was they did it rudely you know yeah. <laughs> they did it in an unprofessional manner and they he was just completely ignored like there's video of this where they're just like the staff sergeant like does not recognize that he is in front of him right like just like total stonewall yeah um, when they weren't getting what they wanted they started live streaming it and yeah. being like please let me get the complaint form they're like no and they're like actually governor cuomo just passed a fucking law that means that you actually have to do this and you have to like give up the public records and like you know that this is now law that yeah. you have to follow so please complaint form just give them the fucking form. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Services just with a smile. It, give them the form and then put it in the trash like we know you're going to anyway. <laughs> but just why, why? Just save yourself the trouble. Right. Just give them the form. So they uh, they were there for like 20 minutes asking for a form. 
before, according to the Times Union, a woman came in to turn herself in for a standing warrant. Yeah, yeah. And then the police said that, well, because this is happening, she requires privacy because you know, they care very much and deeply about the privacy of uh, convicts. And so they. Well, and uh, I assume there's no private place in that entire police station right. where they can do that. It has to be in the lobby. Uh, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. The Troy Which Police Department prob- only has like three buildings. Presumably, she lives in that lobby for the rest of her life now because right. she's turning herself in on a warrant. So y- yeah, you're jailed in the place that you turn yourself in. <laughs> it's just like, you, you live so there it's, now. It's totally ludicrous, but yeah. yes, yeah. So, um, uh, and so they arrest him. Uh, they arrest him for uh, they 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 try to throw several charges at him. The ones that they actually charge him for are trespassing. Because he refused to leave after being told to leave. <laughs> and uh, marijuana possession, which he claims he has a New York State health medical, ca- yeah. medical card. So, like and, that- he, and he got that dab cart at a medical dispensary. Yeah, right. So they you know, wouldn't have been able to sell it to him, except if he actually had a card. Yeah. So they, they take him back. They, 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 they arrest him. And um, he claims that, and I believe him, because he was fine when he went in there. Uh, that um, they shoved him around, they threw him down a flight of stairs, and then threw him in a cell where he had a seizure and and was not given medical attention, and then was eventually arraigned in the the court, which is like in the same building as the police department, which gives you any sense of like what criminal justice is like around here, right? It's just like the same building. It's literally a pipeline. Yeah, like, and uh, and then they it's convenient. Yeah, and then and, and so then they <laughs> like s- spit him out like two hours later. Uh, with like two charges and like he took his shirt off and he's just bloody yeah so he and, went immediately to samaritan hospital and got patched up um, yeah they put him in a sling um the, like, he thinks he has a broken collarbone that they're gonna go like get an x-ray for eventually so there was an immediate community response and about 150-ish people, probably at its peak, mm-hmm. uh, basically just showed right up at the downtown uh, Troy police headquarters. Yeah. And um, they were all mad. And they all wanted to file complaint forms. Uh, but the <laughs> doors were actually locked. So Which should be illegal. It should, <laughs> it should the, be. The police should not be allowed to lock people out of a precinct. Like, that's absurd. I mean, they're certainly armed enough to be able to, like stave off like a full-scale assault (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know just all they need to do is put on the desert camo right and And then then where did they go see them and they'll be fine and and so you know uh people were were congregating people are trying to figure out like okay like what do we do this sucks like we can't you know just sit back and let like somebody who is trying to file a complaint form, just get brutally assaulted and uh, do nothing about it. So, you know, people were milling about. People eventually uh, decided to just shut down the, um, the the intersection right out in front, which happened not through any type of, like, consensus decision-making. People just wandered into the streets, uh, which caused other people to be like, oh, shit, these fucking drivers are going to run over these people and, like, start to actually, like stop traffic um and some drivers really didn't like that (laughs) did not at all yeah i you know like that's the thing that i usually contribute to anything like this is trying to direct traffic and stop it uh you know it's like growing up in florida i'm like very attuned to the wants and needs of angry drivers you know and just like i i like i'm just used david's to been, david's been dodging cars uh, yeah. since his childhood yeah so I, you know, it's I, a bit I, of a hobby yeah so I, I feel comfortable standing in front of moving traffic no, but david has trained has been trained in yeah. protest marshalling and knows how to 
block off traffic at intersections and keep people safe. Yeah, so please don't 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 try this at home. Yeah, don't try this uh, in in your neighborhood without proper training. After yes. after you get training, please do this. <laughs> Is, uh, you uh, know, ironweedspod at gmail.com yeah. if you would like to schedule i'll give you david's venmo you can yeah absolutely uh, schedule uh, I, I will actually do it training. for free uh, unlike a lot of other uh organizers i will Ooh, do it for free damn uh but That's a deep cut. all right <laughs> but uh yeah i'll um th- yeah th- there was one guy that just like revved his engine just like drove straight at me he accelerated in, in, toward yeah, you and then Jeep slammed Cherokee, on yeah. his anti-lock brakes and yeah. like went into a skid anyway like yeah. in within inches of you yeah like my heart like jumped out of its chest watching and i was like you know probably like 15 feet away um and i was so nervous but dude you've you've got some balls dude <laughs> like i was shocked but uh, it was cool it's like this, this is not guy- the first time that's happened to david yeah, either. like it, sometimes i go i run after the car uh but yeah i uh um uh yeah and this guy was just like pink faced like oh he was so mad yeah it was it was, it was like every I, I imagine like you know to psychologize this guy you know like just for funsies right you know like you imagine like he go he falls asleep every night imagining what it will be like to finally confront antifa right oh yeah you know like it's just like what he's it seems like he he's like ready for and so now it's finally time yeah, yeah. And all that he can get out is just like fuck you over and over and over and over again. <laughs> but he did he did posture like he yeah. was going to kill everyone. And then immediately there were like twenty people that like came up to the car yeah. and were like you gotta leave. Yeah. And his, his <laughs> and the, the there's a woman in the passenger seat who is uh, like, Yeah, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Please go. She, and there's like people, pe- yeah, yeah, there, there are people suffering. yelling like, "Listen to your wife, man! Listen to your wife!" <laughs> well, at the end when they dro- drove away, um, like backing up and, and leaving peacefully, uh, she was like flashing the peace sign and everything. I was <laughs> like, "Show!" I was like, yourself. "That's a weird yeah. sign to give after basically threatening to murder." Like, yeah, a dozen vehicular homicide. <laughs> I mean, she don't know. She maybe she's not complicit. In it. Yeah, like, yeah, that's the real be, thing. Yeah, you know, like a lot, especially a lot of these women married to these types of men, the type of men who. Yeah. uh threatened to run you over with their jeep cherokee they are they are unhappy souls and i i i don't envy them yeah and 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 the uh, if you, we want to get really litigious about it i was technically and i always try to be in a crosswalk so i was a pedestrian in a crosswalk under any like circumstances yeah, yeah. um and i i don't know what the light was at that time but if in any circumstance if i'm if, in new york state if i'm in the crosswalk you, you have, have to right y- away you yeah. have to yield to me yeah i was like 15 feet away and when the guy accelerated toward you i was like oh shit <laughs> like backed up myself even yeah. though i wasn't even like fucking in in yeah. the line of uh danger yeah but i mean like the reason you do this is not just you know it'd be like oh you know like is to do some masculinity or something it's because like people like this was not a planned event and when people are in the street, like, not everyone is looking in the correct direction. So yeah, as long yeah. as you have one person, at least one person, like, looking in one direction at, e- you know, at each point in the intersection, you know, you can prevent, like, someone from, at least not, maybe not, like, you know, plowing through a street. Is or, that, like, that's inadvertently hitting someone while they try to, like, snake around. Yeah, or... right. Yeah, that's that's more likely. I mean, like, to be, like, there's something like 66 people have driven cars into maliciously maliciously into crowds since march um four of them were cops uh right but then there's but then the rest of them are vigilantes right and um and you never know uh, who who it's gonna you know when that's gonna happen right and you see on the federal level like gop people trying to make it legal for pedestrian or for drivers to do this very thing yeah but i don't know but like yeah we got uh finally got the fucking complaint form uh but you know like this does go to a larger point of like 
imagine you know like so this is now at a heightened time of like scrutiny right and this is how the cops act under scrutiny and you imagine how many times like an officer like catcalled a woman or like just refused to deal with a domestic you know anything and then you go ask for a complaint and they ignore you like of course they ignore you or they say something worse like that's that has to have been what has happened because that's what they did on a good day. That's what they did when with they, a camera out. Yeah, with a camera out while everyone's watching. That's yeah. how they acted. Yeah. So you can only imagine how they act when no one's watching. Yeah. You know, and so uh, you know that we and you know, we've covered how like the DSA have like done a lot of foil requests to get all of the complaints of a lot of officers. And I'm not speaking for DSA here, but I am suspicious that we'll get anything. Because what's gonna? Because we what Troy PD has shown is that they don't take any sort of complaints. They just don't take them because they assume because a fifty A has been around for so long, like you know forty fifty years, that like no that no one sees them. So why even take them? Yeah, because yeah. they don't go anywhere. Well, it's going to take the feds getting involved. Like remember, again, yeah, because because the FBI has already investigated the Troy police yeah. department for civil rights violations. Like it, this is a bad department in of a. A horrendous institution and they got rid of a cop i think for like child porn or something like there was like a pedo cop that, that got kicked out allegedly i don't know yeah um but but i mean like th- there's no shortage of well, stories know, of the troy pd <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> but, yeah uh but yeah so outside of um uh kenny being brutalized by this officer um uh, no one else got hurt um but there was a very scary moment when about 15 heavily armed uh and armored in you know what woodland camo yeah full, full plate uh kits you know the whole deal uh went out we thought they were for us because of the sudden you know uh, uh arrival of 150 pissed off people um but no that was a uh truck going out on a routine heroin um raid yeah and uh, they say <laughs> well yeah because like like we lived next door when we when Brittany and i lived in south troy we lived right next door to a place that got busted, and they didn't get anything. No, there was... Well, first of all, they had, like, been staking out the joint for, like, two days with just an obvious fucking unmarked cop car. Like, it just looked like <laughs> there was just no Dodge Charger. mistaking yeah. the fact that it was a cop car. It was just, like, a limo-tinted Dodge Charger. Yeah. Like, gosh, I wonder who that is. Um, And so when they finally did the raid, there was, like, one woman inside, and, like everything had been taken out and it was obvious that like you know the place had been cleaned out before the raid even happened and i think that one raid cost the city how much was it like uh, sixty thousand yeah. dollars or something they said and they actually disbanded that task force because of that raid yeah yeah they disbanded that whole task force because it was such a fucking failure i guess they decided it wasn't worth the money anymore yeah it seems like they got a new one because uh sidewinder photography was uh posting some very uh, sexy, high Fucking thirst contra- traps. No more <laughs> cop thirst traps. All right. Good no. lord. Yeah. It's- uh, you know, like like you know, the trillbillies have speak your piece. We have sidewinder photography <laughs> and and a, and a beautiful tapestry of Facebook groups that just like are living on a different planet. Yeah. Like, I I mean, at least like with speak your piece, like there are people that like say interesting things that are uh, that come from a wide variety of perspectives, but. Good lord. Like, side, yeah, Sidewinder Photography is just, like, this this dude named Be- uh, Jeremy Belschwinder that just, like... I, he Check him ma- out on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. He just makes, like, pornographic photos of cops. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, here you want to pull up the uh, the art uh, the the comments that you had. Oh yeah. Th- there's yeah, some yeah. real gems in here. So first, set the stage. The picture is this like super high contrast black and white that um you can find it at uh twitter.com slash twitter.com slash uh ironweeds yeah yeah I, but I put yes it out. yeah and and it's and really like if if they were on a construction site like th- the same uh people would be like look fucking typical government like oh no one a bunch of people doing nothing and one person digging a <laughs> hole because that's what it is it's just like, they're all just standing it around is, yeah. it's one two three four five six seven eight people doing absolutely jack shit no no you're missing the important things that they're doing they're they're flexing. That's true. They're, they are flexing. They're they're fully kitted out, and and they're gripping those guns. Like and, and like they, they put badges in places I didn't know was possible. Like here, I, I'm seeing in this picture. First, they they've put a black band around their name on their on their badge, and they put tactical. Yeah, and they put the badge like on their thigh. Yeah. So, like a garter belt. Oh, they have like four or five thigh holsters too. Yeah, that, like grip yeah. right. They are uh, so, right up tight to the like, package. <laughs> they look so fucking ridiculous. They look so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, but here here are the Facebook comments. Well, hello there. Maybe someone could send these gentlemen to raid my place. Forty reacts. Uh, Lord have mercy. That that is appropriation. You're not allowed to do that. Um, well, you don't know that person's race. <laughs> oh, well, I guess it's scribbled out where I'm seeing it, yeah. maybe. Uh, what kind of crime do I have to commit to make them come to my door? Cop emoji, heart emoji, pink heart with arrow through it emoji, fire emoji. Yeah. I just want be- to get those in there, because that seems <laughs> important No, to me. no, that, that is. I would be willing to commit a crime if those two were going to be the ones arresting me uh, sideways, crying laughter emoji. Yeah, yeah. It's like the thin blue line can come and violate this. P- <laughs> this. Oh, sorry. What's that? Punisher logo, my pussy. Yeah. Like, like. <laughs> <laughs> you win. Blow the back wall of my two two flat uh, apartment building. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right. So. Yeah, uh, the state of the nation. <laughs> it's it's good. As police officer, episode title. Oh god. Uh, yeah. So it's uh everything is deeply diseased and fucked. Like yeah. just. Oh. But, I got, I but got, yeah. So but that's the thing though is that like these kitted out like forty something officers. Not well. I think they are also forty somethings, but they're also like quantity. Yeah, quantity. There's a good number of them. Um. Like, all, like, get in the back and, like, hang off of, like, a, a Ford Transit, like, unmarked uh, van. Yeah, yeah. the battle bus. And, yeah. And they're like, yo, homie, where are we going to drop? Yeah, yeah. And they, they think it's, they, they must think they're so fucking cool doing it. But, like, none of them do anything. But the thing is that, like, we thought, uh, justifiably, that they were, um deploying them for us yeah yeah but they they took off yeah we saw like 15 of them like roll into you know like once again this this van with like an open back to sort of all jump in grab like a you know a little loop to hold on to yeah as if, <laughs> as if like yeah they're, they're going into fallujah or something it was like they pretend that yeah. it, i mean based on the potholes yeah. out there oh i literally said that on the drive here because yeah. i hit a fucking massive pothole oh, on the way to your house God. like fallujah out here yeah but, um uh, yeah and it's it, it's just like it's really like 
on the nose like like contrast of of you know what the police department does and who they think they serve right yeah. it's like like people are compl- uh, people want a complaint form about like really unprofessional behavior uh against homeless people uh wh- to which they beat you up uh meanwhile like in the exact same moment they are j- jumping into a van to go like pose for pictures in front of some poor person's house while they steal their heroin. And it's these like, are related what the too fuck because, is that? because you know this park does serve as a place for folks who are unhoused and dealing with substance abuse yeah. problems. So like they are connected in a kind of deeply disturbing way of like how we treat social ills is through policing. Is through yeah. policing. Yeah. Uh, at both end, like it's ha- now it's happening. It's like full circle, you know. Like it's happening at both ends of. I, I, I don't know. I don't. Maybe I'm not like. No, I think that's that's perfectly right on. That's why we have to defund the police, right? That's what the defund the police statement is. Is that like look at this problem, this very real problem of opiate addiction, and look at how the police solve it, right? This yeah. is but how the, the police for frame that, that one problem. Raid could have yeah. built could, how how many methadone treatments, right? Could yeah. you could you pay for with the cost of that one raid? Which, meanwhile, like we could have had a methadone clinic, like right where this is all happening, but the small business owners, uh, keep and uh, under the business improvement district, keep keep out methadone clinics. And and so, so now you have to go to Cohoes if you want to be treated for your heroin addiction. And so um, this Equality Troy group, of which Kenny was a member of, um, and uh, as well as a bunch of our friends, maybe we'll have one of them on soon, um, uh, have been doing like the direct outreach, like person to person work of actually like dealing with the problem of substance abuse by helping. And I think they were really successful. I think they got like seven people in the last two weeks to go and stay at uh, rehab. Like, people who would otherwise not have gone just continued to use in the park. They, like, by incredible. being there, by forming these relationships and, like, you know, hanging out with them and talking about how much life, better their life could be if they were, you know, not addicted to, the, to these substances, they were able to actually get help to these people. And so, you know, like, I, I follow the, the Troy subreddit. And, you know, every other co- comment, whenever there's anything police-related, it's like, oh, send in the social workers. Get it? Get it? Because social workers wouldn't be able to do anything because they're they're not armed people who can murder people, so they can't get anything done. Well, actually, like this small cadre of activists with literally no resources at all just went and got seven people to get checked into treatment. Yeah. Like, yeah, send in the fucking social workers. Yeah. And get the cops out of the social work department, you know, because there's also cops like in... Those social worker offices. Like, get know, them like, the there, fuck out there, too. There are problems with this idea of just sending the social workers that are in t- like that are not at all related to that idea that, like, oh, you know, a, a 20-year-old girl named Amber who doesn't have a gun is going to solve a domestic violence dispute. Like, part of the problem with sending the social workers is that, like, those are often the people who, you know, take your children away. Right. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of distrust in, like, especially poor and working class communities of really any person Asian representing the state. the state because yeah. those are the people who come and take your kids away yeah because and so mm-hmm. like there are you know but at least like they're they're not gonna like shoot you as well <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like we, we have to start somewhere so yeah, you know yeah. well and also like the, the social work the the job of the social worker and what they do and what they are empowered to do is formed alongside the police department right, right. so like they the the reason that their job is so fucking stupid is because the police have captured so many other things 
that need to be done in society that like now the social worker is either not empowered or doesn't have the resources uh, to deal with any sort of problem because so much of it is expected to be dealt with through police violence. Yeah. uh, Or in conjunction with police violence. Right. So it's like, it's this is why like one thing I would like, I think it's starting to happen and I would love to see more of it is like alongside this movement to defund the police and reinvest in other like robust, like social safety programs we also really have to just make fewer things illegal, like uh, public drinking. I was going on this rant last night when we had some friends over, like public drinking should not be a crime. You should be allowed to drink wherever you want. Now, maybe like public intoxication can still, you know, if you want to be able to like deal with rowdy people who are just, you know, disturbing the peace, whatever you want to be able to like, you know, have consequences for that behavior that is that it puts that is be you know being put upon other members of society but like it should not be illegal to have a beer on a sidewalk there's no fucking reason for it it's not illegal to sit and have a cigarette on the sidewalk it's not illegal for me to take a tylenol if i'm standing on the sidewalk there's maybe no it reason. should be though maybe it should be mm. there ought to be a law i mean law. i do think like public smoking I, I am much more, and I say this is a lifelong smoker, somebody who smoked for 17 years, uh, I have a much bigger problem with people just smoking cigarettes on the sidewalk than I do people fucking, I would rather watch somebody shoot heroin on the sidewalk than smoke, because at least I don't have to breathe in your heroin. Um, and I, I'm honestly fine for all forms of air pollution, like, you know, like, no Chris qualification. Chris actually pro uh, <laughs> air pollution. He just, he just has a diesel engine running in the yeah. backyard right now. He I'm just like stands why. outside with aerosol cans. I'm, and... I'm rolling coal for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, Call back to last episode. Yeah. But the, the thing but that bothers are... me is the fucking butts. Like yeah, that's the, the thing. It's like nobody with the quirks and personality of a cigarette smoker is also the same person that like puts out their butt keeps their butt in their pocket till they find a trash. <laughs> I used to do that. I used to have a pocket ashtray, actually, that was, they gave them out at New College. It's a, it was like the size of a, like a, like a portable Kleenex package. You know, it was like very, pretty small and it had like a aluminum liner. So it was very smell, con- like containing. Like you Are couldn't you calling smell me a liar? <laughs> <laughs> i am i am calling you a liar um it was really cool like i wish i <laughs> that sounds dope. i lost it at some point i think one of the many times that i quit smoking i got rid of it and then i never had it again but no and i was t- i was totally guilty of it as a smoker of just throwing butts away because you don't want to carry a disgusting smelling cigarette butt on you all day yeah they're fucking gross and, and they, it, they they disintegrate in your pocket like you know it's it's gross it's disgusting yeah, yeah. um but I would always, if there, if I knew there was going to be a trash can within the next few blocks, I would always carry it until I got to a trash can. So I guess all I'm saying is I'm fine with public smoking as long as the person eats their butt <laughs> at the end. Like, that's that's the tax, you know? Like, you got to give everybody secondhand cancer, you know? You got to... But to get back to my point, a lot of these problems just go away if you make fewer things illegal. Like drinking in public, like sleeping in public, like camping in public. And now we see this fucking governor in Tennessee is going to try to make it a felony to uh, illegally camp as a way of basically stripping protesters of voting rights is is the end result of that. It's the explicit purpose. Yeah. It's the explicit purpose is to make it so that if you protest in the wrong way, you don't ever get to vote for the rest of your fucking life, which yeah. is like, that's another thing that just shouldn't felt any everybody should be allowed to vote everybody should be allowed to vote always forever for their whole fucking life and there should not be anything that can take that right away from you yeah 
Anyway, sorry uh, for my rant, but no, I'm with you. I think that it's it's the creation of arbitrary laws to try and disenfranchise uh, politically active people is something that has been you know going on forever. Yeah, like Governor Cuomo did it back in Occupy era, where he basically made it illegal for people to be in a specific park after a specific time because there was a protest that was just in that park all yep. the time. And um, on top of the fact that uh, homelessness is criminalized. And so, like, you in this society, like, I always think about how fucked up it is that a squirrel living in your backyard has essentially more civil rights than you do. Because that squirrel can live rent-free. That squirrel can, you know, do whatever it wants, poop wherever it wants, eat out of your bird feeder to the degree that you're not going to murder it. Um, But a human being... I do have the right to kill that squirrel, though. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Fair. Fair. Uh, But but I guess what I'm getting... And the police have the right to kill unhoused people. (laughs) But but that's what I'm getting at, is is that if you are unhoused, where do you exist? Like, literally, where do yeah, you exist? Yeah, and yeah. if you are in a situation where you're an addict and there are only dry shelters, you exist in the public areas. Yeah. And so now there are laws to keep homeless people off of benches. Have you guys seen any, like, the really dystopian fucking architectural details to, like, make, like, otherwise, like, comfortable sleeping areas? Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, 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 I spend a week on that in my intro uh, urban geography class, that like shit's... the hostile architecture where they just like put like spikes and shit all, yeah. all over things to, to keep you from sitting on. That is yeah, so yeah. ass backwards. Your, your car, like not just a score, but like cities care more about where you put your car than where homeless people get to like stay. Yeah. 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 So long story short, people are required to pay someone who's richer than them a uh, profit-making premium to exist in a space. And if they can't afford it, then they are criminalized and they will be brutalized for existing, for trying to sleep, for trying to eat, for trying to ask for, you know, like enough pennies and, and nickels and dimes to like go get a McMuffin, you know, and it's fucked up. The last episode of um the, the last the last uh, essay published by Real Life Magazine and also the last episode of Real Life Audio Edition is uh, it's called House Body. And it's about how like we tend to think of homes as these sort of individual units that we live in but in reality it's this kind of vast networking um interconnected living thing essentially um it's a beautiful essay yeah Ke- Ke- a, kelly pendergast is kelly a great pendergast writer, is a great writer. Yeah, it's yeah. a really wonderful essay i highly recommend you either read it on the website or listen to it uh on, on, on the air, podcast, on, which on the you podcast. so excellently narrated. Very much. I, I very much appreciate um, it. But yeah, like it really does give you, it, it's it's incredible. It's incredible that we just have somehow built a society in which it's illegal to not pay a rich person for the bed that you sleep in. That's, when you when you really put it that way, it's absolutely wild. Yeah. So, um... <sighs> What else? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, uh, yeah, so if, if you do live uh, around Troy, stop by Barker Park. There will always be, I, I think for the foreseeable future, there's like people hanging out there as often as possible. Basically just trying to keep it. It's sort of like a mini Occupy yeah. at this point. Like, it's just kind of trying to keep the keep park occupied um, so that the cops just can't can't just go in and clear out the, you know, undesirables when nobody else is looking. Like Bring a chair. Bring a chair. Wildflower. 
Wild please, Mark. please. Actually, this, this is a really good one this week. Yeah, there was almost a perfect segue that I was going to try and work in because you oh. were talking about how um, substances like we shouldn't have a vice squad that's running around doing no knock yeah. raids with like 40 people on a heroin house. So how would we get to a point where we didn't need that? Hmm. hmm. Well, maybe if we just made the use of a substance not a felony. Maybe, maybe by legalizing drugs, we could treat it as the medical concern that it actually is for our society and not uh, a criminal one because we will have made it a non-crime. It should not be, you should be allowed to put literally anything you want inside your body. Gasoline? It's yours. Yep. You're, it's your body. Yeah. You own it. Yeah. You should be allowed to put anything you want inside of it. Except for those weird goop eggs that, uh... Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow wants you to put in your pussy? No, in your it should pussy? be legal. It's stupid. <laughs> Don't fucking do it. But, you know, it shouldn't be illegal to put a crystal in your pussy. If I don't suggest it. It's actually very bad for the muscles of your pelvic floor to be carrying around that kind of weight all day long. So I don't suggest that you do it. But so so anyway, um, I think that you should be allowed to ingest any substance you want. And um, now the first Canadian to legally consume psilocybin for med- for medical purposes shares his experience. So this is a really touching story. This is from thegrowthop.com. It's a weed it's a it's a weed website, but you know, whatever. Intrepid journalists over at thegrowthop.com. This Canadian man was diagnosed with terminal cancer 4 years ago. And so um, since he was diagnosed, he's had basically rolling anxiety attacks all the time because he is, you know, going to die. And he knows he's going to die and there's nothing that can be done to to save him anymore. Um, But he has now gone through his first therapeutic dose of psilocybin in the guest bedroom of his Saskatoon home. And he says since... Um, since his trip, he hasn't had a single anxiety attack. He said it's the first time since he received his um, terminal diagnosis that he has been abs- actually free of anxiety. He says it's incredible. Um, he, he says, quote, I've had anxiety for so long, I had sort of forgotten what it feels like to not have it. To experience the lack of anxiety I have had this week is beyond words. It's amazing. I have no idea how long this particular benefit will last, but so long as it's here, it's really, really amazing and good. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Hartle, a father of two and an IT professional of 25 years, had never taken psilocybin, a psychedelic drug derived from magic mushrooms. Really? As the article says, magic mushrooms is adorable. Uh, in his life, he previously told the growth op that he was interested in pursuing psilocybin therapy as a means to address the existential anxiety that accompanies living with a terminal diagnosis, something that traditional anti-anxiety medications don't treat. You know, I think, like, not to downplay what this man who's dying of cancer is going through at all like that is its own unique thing but we also kind of all have this existential anxiety living on a dying planet led by corrupt leaders in dying bodies in that yeah you know like and i think it's heightened these days because we are literally living in the end times but um i have to say like a, a nice light happy magic mushroom trip can really take some of the edge off, in my experience. Oh, hell yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Parroted, so, parodically so I, so I've heard. speaking. So I've heard from what I, I read. I read on a blog that that's the case, but. 
Yeah, no, it's it, I, I, you know, the the uh, shout out multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies maps uh, um, should should really get more on the BDS train. They've done a lot of studies in Israel, but they really just go wherever like, people allow them. They yeah, have their priorities. Allow, yeah, and, yeah, we'll allow them to do that study. But um, yeah, it's a I, they they've been working for years to try to um, un- undo a lot of the harm that. Um, uh, was done by the CIA. Done by the CIA, but also um, uh, Timothy Leary, who was um, did did a lot of research in the '60s on psychedelics, but he was pretty sloppy about it, and so it really kind of hurt uh, whatever sort of legitimate, above boards therapeutic psychedelic research could ever be done. Because now everyone was like, "Well, no, because it's just this crank." Timothy Leary does it, so. It, it, there's 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 probably nothing there and you know and then the drug war happened and you know we, we use uh weed and heroin as an excuse to uh lock up hippies and um black people uh respectively right so this is this whole line of research has been just dead for for decades and now um this guy rick doblin who Brittany and i've gone to college with is really really sweet guy has a phd from harvard like and then, like, works out of a- UMass Amherst, doing like these very, very deliberate uh, studies of bringing psychedelics into the pharmaceutical industry as like a as a treatment regimen. And they they go through the F- the proper FDA uh, studies and stuff. I don't think that th- this is associated with that, but they've done just tons and tons of research to to not just see exactly how psilocybin lsd um uh, mdma mdma which you usually know as ecstasy right like uh, ketamine uh how all of these drugs are actually useful always with some sort of talk therapy right so you you don't yeah yeah guidance yeah so you don't just like do the drug and then like you know like go run out in a field or something you know it's like there's although that's although pretty cool too for some people right (laughs) allegedly again but yeah but uh, but yeah, you, you know, usually it's like you know, like yeah, changing a state of mind in order to open yourself up to to get through some some serious stuff. You know, like uh, veterans with PTSD have uh, been treated very effectively. End of life treatment. One of the uh, um, one of the doctors through the University of Toronto who's been dealing with this case. It, a quote from him says. Um, A fundamental dynamic in this healing potential of psilocybin is that it allows our ego self to temporarily relax the grip of our negative and pain-producing belief systems. To relax and let go of that grip on our sense of who we are and what's really important and what living is all about. With this relaxation of old habits of thinking, new perspectives and attitudes and assumptions are possible, leading to new possibilities for being in the world with our disease. Here again, he's talking about people who are dying. Um... But that's a huge part of what makes the trip, whether it's LSD or mushrooms or whatever else, or even like there are some elements of it just in getting high on weed, the, of like this ego death and this feeling of like oneness and connection with everything that gives new meaning to your life that sits with you. Um, he described it earlier as uh, it's like a good tea. You have to let it steep. Um, and it's incredible that like, especially with psychedelics, there are almost no long-term health consequences for using it. I mean, some people, you can, there is such a thing as having a bad trip and having that really negatively affect you. That's happened to me. It is a very real, uh, allegedly, that's a real thing that can happen to people. Um, And I can attest to knowing some people who are permatrips. 
who have dosed themselves so heavily with either LSD or psilocybin in a period of time that they're essentially never really the same. They're never really yeah. sober. Eraser heads. Yeah. It, I've known, I've known several eraser heads. Mm, I knew right. we went to college with a guy who jumped off a building and broke both his legs. Watch him do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and just to say like that takes a lot of a drugs lot. <laughs> over a very sustained period of time. Often a short like, period of time. Yeah, Often yeah. it's a lot of drugs in a very short period of time. Um, so, like, it's not that there are no dangers, but when you look at the pharmaceutical drugs that we take to treat so many mental, you know, I'm on several psychological drugs that will have long lasting impacts on my body for the rest of my life. Um, it would be great if there were, psilocybin is not a quick fix for anything, mm. but it, it it's, it's very sad that we have to fight tooth and nail to even have it considered a possibility for psychiatric treatment, these drugs that are relatively low risk have very few long term health consequences. Are they grow in literal cow shit in Florida? I'll show you some of the spots. <laughs> like it's very, you know, it's widely available. Field trip, yeah. yeah, yeah. And because like the drug itself, the thing that you can sell is so cheap to make, or is you know grows in shit, right? You know, it, it, and um, and it requires some sort of labor, like labor of of a. Um, therapy of like someone there with you to guide you like th that runs an antithetical to everything that our pharmaceutical industry is, right. is built on right mm. because it, it, it's it's low capital high labor uh intensity work and so you'll never get it um you know backed by pfizer or bear or GlaxoSmithKline. He's not um well, just another that. reason that we need universal health care, yeah. you know, single payer system so that we don't we're so that we're not subject to the whims of Pfizer, you yeah. know, so that we can actually find holistic, you know, healing methods that are effective, that end people's that, that treat people suffering. That, um, that isn't Gwyneth Paltrow telling you to, to <laughs> shove a crystal up your pussy. Yeah. 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 Uh, you, you were talking about how it's unlikely that uh, psilocybe or psilocybin would ever become like a major, you know, product for like Pfizer or whatever. And I want to push back on that possibility a little bit because we saw the same thing happen with cannabis because sure. cannabis is also something that just grows wild as a weed. It's very easy to grow and uh, not very capitally intensive. But the way they got around that was with when they made it legal, they put so much regulation and so much tax um, upfront like burden that they made an artificial capital barrier to entry yeah. where they could be gatekeeping. So that's I imagine yeah. that's probably what's going to happen with all of the psychedelics if they ever become a, um, a modern tool of widespread medicine. Right. Uh, but I wanted to touch on one thing real quick, which is that this treatment to someone who is very presently conscious in the front of their mind of their impending, um, you know, doom uh, because of a, um, you know, a incontrovertible diagnosis of, of a terminal illness um, is not so far from every single person who's listening to this podcast life. Yeah. Like, we are all doomed. We are all going to die. Um, and that that's really the only thing that's ever promised to you. Like, once you're and alive. And taxes. And yeah. taxes. Hey. <laughs> thank you. Thank but, you. I'll be here all night. But the thing is, like, you're definitely going to die. Like, regardless of whatever Peter Thiel tells you, like, you're going to die. 
and that getting your mind around that is um, is it's a practical and it's a spiritual question, um, and that the fact that you know these compounds that are found in these mushrooms and various other things, as you just illustrated, um, can help with getting your brain to just relax and sort of somewhat embrace that fundamental reality seems like it's going to be therapeutic for a lot more people than people who are, you know, diagnosed with a terminal illness. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, somehow holding the, the duality of the fact that like, we're all going to die and that that's okay. And we have this gift of life today and we can do something with it and we can use that gift to make other people's lives better. Like figuring out how we can all sort of hold those two truths uh, presently, like into the next decade or two, I think is some of the um, the work that we as a society need to figure out how to be better at doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think one of the ways that spirituality, and I do think that there's a lot of that in the trip, you know, is a, it's a spiritual for many people experience is actually it's not even so much reconciling with the fact that you have to die, but rather like seeing that f- as the blessing that it is. Yeah. Which is that like, thank God that this is temporary. Yeah, what a relief. Because w- what a relief. But also that's what makes it beautiful. That there's no joy in life if it goes on forever. You know, it's, it's a, it would be like a party that never ends. Like it has to end. That's what makes it precious and valuable. Um, we got a little deep on this this episode of Ironweeds here. But anyway, I- fart noise, uh, <laughs> wang wang wang. Yeah, you know, jo- uh, joke about dicks. Uh, you know. Uh. Oh goodness. So what's right. on Lennon? If, if we're not doing Lennon this week, no Lennon Lennon this week? I haven't had time, oh, yeah. and I have other shit that I have to do tomorrow. Uh, other than just this, look. I have other shit other than just this fucking podcast. <laughs> Not a lot of other shit, but there is some other shit. So yeah, I'm, I'm so, unfortunately I haven't had time to do the Lennon, and uh, we will not have it this week. But we will resume next week. I'm sure he will still be uh, angry at the social democrats. I imagine is probably what's next on yeah. Lennon's agenda. The cadets, <laughs> the cadets. Yes. Um. So yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, thanks yeah. for uh, listening to this episode. We could really use uh, some ratings and reviews on iTunes. So if you are listening to this through your Apple podcast, which I know approximately 48% of you do, um, <laughs> please uh, just take a moment right now to stop and give us a at least a five-star review. At least five stars. <laughs> if you can do like six or seven, you know, figure out some way to do that, please do that. Um, we actually have a perfect review record. We have a... We have 35 out of 35 five-star reviews. It's incredible. And we're so grateful to those of you who've already done that. And um, and grateful to you right now, you, I'm talking to you, who has <laughs> who's gone into your Apple Podcasts app and given us a five-star review. And maybe even a short paragraph about how great we are. Thank you. And uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. Ironweedspod. Find us on Instagram. Ironweedspod. Shoot us an email at ironweedspod. At gmail.com. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a really good yeah. one. Um, and yeah, check us out on Patreon. We have lots of good bonus content up. Um, I think we will in the future, in the near future, do a QAnon episode because it just seems like they're not going away. So we might as well. Um, that could be fun. We'll do yeah. it. We'll do a deep dive on QAnon. So if you want to hear about that, uh, you could also hear Patreon. about like how Britney Spears is a, a, a prisoner 
a prisoner. She's a yeah. slave, slave for you. Yeah. Oh, there was some I recent development about that. Did you did you see? Uh, you know, I somebody make sense mentioned it. it to me, but I, I haven't actually looked at it. Yeah. Again, been camping. Haven't haven't been checked out of the world. Yeah. Well, may, maybe we'll do an update on yeah, that. Yeah. Maybe we'll do an update. So on a ton, ton of fun stuff on the yeah the anti-Semitic conspiracy yeah. theory episode. There. Yeah. Really good stuff. Rent wars. Or Rent not? wars was regular. Did we do a a, a, a finish it on bonus or something no i think all that was on main Uh, most of our bonus content is actually pretty mediocre but uh (laughs) (laughs) we love you so much thank you bye 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 bye